Hello and welcome to another episode of Small Talk, Small Government with Bill and Deb. Hey, Bill. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is episode nine and we thought that we would kind of, um, feels like we're, we're just beginning the summer in our podcast, even though we're a month into the summer, really. Uh, it feels like a month from late, from Memorial Day anyway, which is kind of the unofficial start to summer. So thought we would do a recap episode of everything that we've touched on so far and kind of go into the next season uh, with a, a new baseline understanding of uh, what has happened this year and where we are with all of the things that we've brought up so far. With that, we actually uh, we tried to record this once before and then just the past week or so, even in the news has been really there's an awful lot going on. So it's good that we're taking another quick pass at it to make sure that we're really hitting everything currently and uh, and and using all the new new facts that have come out to our advantage here to get them out. So let's start off with a little COVID talk. That was the first uh, first episodes we ever did were around COVID. And so I think um, the main point that comes uh, since the, the last time we talked about it is, of course, the Pfizer data kept rolling out. And of course, what do you know? It isn't being widely reported. The government continues to push us all to get the vaccine despite results that it's not effective in transmission or prevention. And even more troubling than that is... It, it it's not as harmless as they wanted us to believe uh, all throughout this time. So let's talk a little bit about where we are with it and um, and what we've learned. Yeah. So since we talked about that last, um, um, obviously all the numbers have gone up. Uh, right now we're at um, eighty three million seven hundred and twelve thousand three hundred and ninety six cases. Uh, there's been. 1,001,313 deaths. That equates to a 1.196% fatality rate. And I think last time we talked, that was 1.38%. Uh, so it's come down. And that's mm-hmm. um, no doubt due to the Omicron variant, which is less deadly. Um, it's more like a you know severe cold, light flu sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in children, 0 to 17 years old, uh, there's been 1,086 deaths officially, and you might remember that that number was higher last time we talked, and I think that I, was... And I, I might also recall, wasn't it uh, Justice Sotomayor who claimed that there were, quote, 100,000 children dead from COVID? Yeah, that's not even yeah. close. No, uh, it's, so, it's, it's, uh, order, but she just it's said it. Order, she, they can just yeah. say whatever they want. Yeah, it's off by orders of magnitude. Um <laughs> And I think the numbers, the decrease in official deaths is um, uh, due to reporting errors that are now being corrected. And, and I would imagine that that number would still continue to decline. Um, yeah, I, for I some agree. reason, I can't find the case rates for the children, the current case rates. Um, I found it before, but can't find it again. So I, uh, I'm thinking that the, uh, the CDC, uh, which is where I'm getting all this official data, is um, rearranging their their website and um, mm-hmm. uh, just couldn't find that on there. Now, the case yeah. rate for the overall population is 25,757 per 100,000, or about 25.8% of the population. So, about a quarter of the population has um, already you know, uh, tested positive for it. And the death rate is 302 per 100,000, or about 0.3% of the overall population. That's a very small number. Right. So again, less than 1% possibility, I mean, less than even half a percent possibility of death. And, you know, not to discount death 
Mm-hmm. Of course, any any untimely death is a bad thing, but it, it, you know, a, a little extreme. The measures that we've tried to take, forcing this vaccination on something that is ultimately um, nowhere near as deadly as they want to just have you believe. Right, and uh, the current variants are um, are shown to be more infectious but less deadly. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all those numbers, uh, the percentages should continue to decrease over time. So now and they've that, started um, pushing us on the uh, time to get your less than five year old child vaccinated. Um, and this is something I don't think that it's it's not. Is it a is it approved for under five now, but not mandated quite yet? Correct. Yeah. And and who has approved it? Has the CDC officially approved it, or just uh, the pharmaceutical companies? Uh, the pharmaceutical companies have definitely approved that. They've been pushing this, and I think the CDC just approved it. Okay. Um, not as, an, officially not as a treatment for this, but as an option for the parents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so That's, so their, that's their justification. And, and this is my thing about it being an option. Um, you know, it, so I'm glad that it is an option. Thank goodness. Everything should be optional for the most part, you know. But it's it's almost got a negative efficacy at this point, and we do have some evidence of that. And I don't understand why anyone would want to risk that for a child who has a, a, a an incredibly minuscule, if not zero percent chance of death from this. Especially because I I don't know what the the, the when you dig into all of those that have been reported, the one thousand of children zero to 17, we don't know the cross references of, you know, what else those, those children may have had that could have contributed or, or even been an actual cause. I mean, we we already know that many things are, have been misreported. So to me, it's not worth the risk, especially considering that as time goes on and more truths are being told about the, um, the harmful after effects, it, it doesn't seem like something that, 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 you know, you should necessarily feel like you have to have. I, and I, I, I feel so afraid to say that, you know, because people are so touchy about it. Of course, you want your children to be healthy and thrive and all that. But, you know, time will tell. And this is still experimental. And, um, you know, as, as we've seen, more cases lately of positive tests are in the vaccinated people. So therefore, again, if it's not going to, if it's not going to prevent you from getting it, and it's not going to prevent you from giving it to somebody else, what is the reason that you would take that risk if you're now seeing data come out, um, which we'll get into in a minute, the Pfizer data showing that that more issues have occurred than were originally told. So I think you've got some Walgreens data. Bill is the great COVID researcher. (laughs) As of Memorial Day, when we looked at this, Uh, last we had that there was an unvaccinated or uh, 19% of positive tests were from unvaccinated people, but up to 26% of positive tests were from people who had two doses. So you you look at the statistics and, you know, we'll put we'll put a link to the article in the notes here, but basically the gist of it is rather than, you know, having everybody reading this and like, you know, watching paint dry, we don't want to be boring, but just understanding that, you know, the data shows that the more doses you had and the longer ago those doses were, the more likely you are to have 
a positive test now. Correct, and this is is that the way it is? Okay. Yeah, that's that's the way it is, and and this so data basically is it from, shows that it it wanes and it mm-hmm. causes you to be more likely to have it. Period. If you've been right. vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. And this is this data is from people who went to Walgreens to get a test. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. There's not a lot of of current live data out there, and this is one of the few places you can find this. And and mm-hmm. Walgreens is all over the country, and and uh, they they update it all the time. Yeah, but that's exactly so, what it's what's showing the the uh, the more doses and the and longer, the longer ago you had them, uh, then mm-hmm. it's uh, there's a greater percent or greater chance of of um, infection, positive test result. Yeah, but again, no no higher rate. You know, the rates of deaths are not climbing. They are they are down due to the fact that these are you know thank God fortunately um, uh, lesser milder versions I guess of of the the sickness. So anyway, uh, one of the most I thought one of the most stunning uh, facts that have come out from Pfizer lately are on the miscarriages reported. Um, I think you were you were telling me that pregnant women were not part of the initial test group which is amazing because they came right out and claimed that pregnant women were okay to get it. And it just blows my mind that they would be saying that when they specifically did not allow those people into the test group. But what, right. what, what was the finding there? Yeah, they, the finding was actually uh, pretty stark. And the reason they said that uh, pregnant women were okay to take the, uh, the shot was because they studied uh, uh, 44 lab rats and uh, said, yep, yep, you're... you're all the pregnant women are are good. Uh, they tested forty four pregnant lab rats, and and that's how you got that. And then, <laughs> as as things happened, then uh, two hundred and seventy of the women in the in the study got pregnant, um, and about two hundred and thirty eight of those we can't find any data as to as to the outcome of the of the baby. Uh, Twenty five of the ones we do have data on. Um, had what they call spontaneous abortions, which is, you know, basically they lost the child, which is not a uh, not a good statistic there, uh, because no. uh, that's, you know, of the 30 or so that we do have data on, then, uh, you know, virtually all of them lost the baby in one way percentage. or the other. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing that I remember, and I, I, I can't um, pull it right out of the top of my head, but in that uh, Robert Kennedy book that I read, um, you know, they talked about the real way that w- that we usually test for safety of vaccines, and I mean, you can you can barely have any kind of an issue for a vaccine to be considered safe, and yet this one, uh, they just th- so many big holes in it, and they just pushed mm-hmm. it anyway. Um, it it just really it just hasn't been treated like anything else that we've ever had. Um, and and I think that's really the problem with it for me, uh, and and not not to mention the fact that they changed the definition of the word vaccine to fit this one. Imagine so, I mean, that. it's just it's just like a war on sanity and logic here lately. Yep, um, and babies. But the, apparently. But the other thing that was yeah, uh, the other thing that you pointed out that that was really a, a sad shame was the the big uptick in gastrointestinal issues in way higher numbers than ever before. Oh yeah. Babies are having uh, gastrointestinal issues. Uh, they're having uh, just general restlessness, um, and just a, an explosion of this, like multiple times. Uh, some countries, it's four times as as much as would normally be expected. And even neonatal deaths have increased. Um, in Ontario, for instance, uh, the normal is uh, five babies per quarter, 
And last year there were 86 deaths wow. in the in the whole year. Uh, wow. And uh, what's the what's the variable here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is the variable? Well, you know, and here in the latest hearings that we've had in Congress with Dr. Fauci, our hero Rand Paul pressed him to admit whether or not he'd received any royalties from the vaccine. And I mean. Ugh. It goes without saying that the man's been, you know, getting a kickback for all of this. If that's not obvious to people, I mean, not only is he getting kickbacks, but he also helped to create the thing and, you know, make it uh, transmissible to humans and and a gain of function and all that. I mean, if, if that picture isn't becoming clear yet, I just it will become clear. Just stay tuned, folks, because it, it's going to it can't be hidden for forever. Yeah, it sure um, seems like But anyhow, like it. so he was asked, you know, so uh, are you getting any royalties? Can you say uh, definitively that you have received no royalties from any of these vaccines and pharmaceutical companies for COVID-19? And he says, well, you know, Senator, it's it's really, you know, it's impossible to know whether I have gotten anything at all. And it, it really isn't even, um, I, I, I don't have to disclose that. And I mean, the... <laughs> It basically, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Say. Who doesn't yeah. know that they've received royalty checks? Yeah. You know, I just got so much money coming in from so many dark sources, I just can't even pinpoint it anymore. But, <laughs> um, you know, so he's he's complicit, as we've always assumed. But And the other funny thing was he was on Zoom. Um, he couldn't come in due to having COVID, despite yeah, being that... highly vaccinated. Right. <laughs> I saw so, somebody you know, say I, that uh, that um, he was infected with irony. Well, yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, the bottom line for that one is just not to listen only to the people who have financial and power gains to make when making these decisions. There's a lot of data out there now. You know, start looking into it and, and seeing how that changes what you may have been thinking up to now. So um, the next thing, topic on our agenda is a quick update on the corporate media. The most interesting thing that's come out about the corporate media, I think, since we last spoke about it, is that they decided to take a big step up from just having the corporate media carry water for this crazy, tyrannical regime. Now, they also tried to roll out this Ministry of Truth, the Disinformation Board. Yeah, that doesn't sound dystopian at all there, Deb. Yeah. I think I I read a book about this, what, 1984? (laughs) But, yeah, that um, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this was abandoned after about a month, thank goodness. Um, and it was Nina Jankowitz who was the person that was tapped to head this thing. Um, thank goodness they, they chose somebody who was so out there because I think that it was so glaringly obvious right from the onset that th- this was insane. It, it, it worked to dispel the thing, you know, disband it before it could even uh, take off, thank, yeah. fortunately. But, um, you know, she had this massive, you could look into her background and it didn't take much peeling back of layers to see that she definitely was a hyper-partisan type um, and, you know, uh, views only attacked one way, very much toeing the line the same way that they, they want anyone in this administration to do. Fortunately, that's over with for now. You know, for now, and, and hopefully it stays that way. But there is nothing about this group in power that makes you think that they're not going to come back and try this again. Yeah, they're already um, thinking about uh, putting that under the White House. And I think they're uh, if they haven't already, they were thinking about giving it to Kamala Harris, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, it seems like whatever is unimportant gets put in Kamala Harris's lap. So 
Um, yeah. I, I don't expect this to really go anywhere, even even with her in charge of it, or especially with her in charge of it. I hope not. But yeah, I mean, otherwise it was under what? The DHS, right? Uh, amazing. Yeah, Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, that's, that was the scariest part to me because of all the places in the government that they could have put this terrible thing, they put it in Department of Homeland Security and that really speaks to their intentions. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that um, the the falling apart of that whole thing has brought a lot to light about the controversies in efforts between federal agencies and privately owned social media platforms, um, the the disinformation board was really intended to formalize that relationship between federal agencies and social media platforms. We've got some whistleblower evidence that shows there were meetings scheduled directly between the Department of Homeland Security and Twitter executives to operationalize public-private partnership. So, uh, that's scary and weird. And, that is. And, you know, th- 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 that's what fascism really is. We, we have to keep pointing that out. That's what that actually means. But I'm glad that Elon stepped into that. And I think that also kind of created a wedge there. Um, and and, and uh, the update on that, I believe the Twitter deal has gone through at this point. Um, one of the things that was funny to me is it kind of seems like it went through without a lot of pomp and circumstance. After it was such mm-hmm. a big thing that, you know, it was, I mean, just people flipping out about it and, you know, how can somebody, a a billionaire just take over this and all this kind of thing. Then all of a sudden they just quietly slide the deal through. And I want to believe that it has something to do with the fact that he kind of pumped the brakes on it himself when he said, you prove to me that you really only have less than 5% of those accounts fake bots Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I want to know what I'm investing in, which, you know, makes sense. And, and I understand that they couldn't do that. And there was a little bit of digging and a little bit of digging and until, I mean, it, it kind of almost seems like it just went away. And yeah. to me, that says they must not have been able to prove it. I don't know. What do you think? I think so. I think that's the case. And, and I agree that it was a, um, without much pomp and circumstance, they, it sounded like the, uh, the board just unanimously decided to do that, and mm-hmm. you know, let's let's just go ahead with it. So it seems like it's on track. We'll see what mm-hmm. uh, what happens. You yeah, never know I, what, so I, what's going to happen. That, yeah, I, I hope it helps to um, you know not not be silencing conservative voices so much on that platform, and also allow some truth to get out because you know there's a lot of things that you know every topic that we've discussed here, COVID. Um, you know we're going to get into Hunter's laptop. Um, the January 6th hearings, the border, all of these things that there's really an entire side of facts. It's not even, you know, I mean, not even to mention the opinions that exist on these subjects that aren't being allowed to be discussed. There are facts that are being suppressed. So I I hope that it, um, you know, I, I hope that that starts to balance out a little bit. And speaking of facts, another interesting thing that's come out is that Facebook has admitted that their fact checkers were largely opinion. What do you know? Imagine that, that, you know, I never could have seen that coming. Yeah, uh, you know, and and you know what? I hate those new commercials where they're like, Facebook is trying really hard for to keep your safety online. We have all of these people that are working all the time for it. It's even larger than the size of the FBI. That doesn't comfort me. No. Why would that comfort anybody? We got got a whole army of people with an opinion that's not the same as yours. So they're going to silence you. Yeah, yeah, and that goes what? back to what you're. Yeah, that goes back to what you're saying about the Ministry of Truth and the and the um, mm-hmm. uh, the public private partnerships and everything. You know, here they are trying to 
trying to work really hard to uh, to censor you, whether directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's just that's scary. Uh, another reason yeah. why I'm not active on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you aren't. I I I, I can't stay away from it. It, it frustrates <laughs> me, but I you know I try to I try to you know just keep it moving. Yeah, to but, each um, their own. Yeah, I mean, we're doing what we can to, you know, I don't, I don't put my opinion on it. There's no point in it. You know what I mean? That's why we're doing this project instead. If it, it's like, it's, it's the same thing as handing somebody a pamphlet. You can yeah. put it in the trash if you want. This is our podcast. Don't listen <laughs> if you really have no interest in knowing how the other side thinks. That's okay. But we're trying, you know, without, we're trying, without yeah. putting ourselves out there for public attack quite trying so directly. To- yeah, but, trying um, to uh, uh, trying to bring bring the world some uh, illumination of of uh, mm-hmm. topics that you won't hear on Facebook. Yeah, here's a, and we're we're a couple of people that were once seen as normal in our social circle now are not anymore. But we're trying to like, <laughs> but actually we still are. Please give us a chance. But um, anyway, we're normal so in some circles. I guess one, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I feel normal. But um, so it's a good thing that the uh, the disinformation board was um, was squashed and hopefully it stays that way. So um, another thing that's happened uh, since we last talked, we had uh, the Spygate he- uh, trial of Michael Sussman was concluded. Um, disappointing, but not surprising outcome. I personally am still rooting for Durham. Um, so Sussman was acquitted on his case case despite clear evidence that he lied to the FBI and generated a hoax that really stirred up the nation and led to the biggest scandal of our time. Um, One good thing that came out of it is that evidence and testimony did show that Hillary knew about it and approved it all. So, you know, I'm hoping that maybe that's something that he can build on in future cases. And um, eventually something will stick in this, I hope. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, uh, I don't think it was surprising, unfortunately, that that this was the outcome, especially once we got to the end of it and I realized who was on the jury. So it was tried yeah. in D.C. The jury had three Hillary Clinton donors on it, an AOC donor, and, drumroll, a woman whose daughter was on the same sports team as Michael Sussman's daughter. Mm, that so, doesn't seem like a conflict of interest at all. It doesn't sound like these people should have happens. been dismissed. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, ordinarily, I would think that the that the lawyer, the defense lawyer, would say, "Absolutely not. We're not having mm-hmm. any of this unless yeah. um, unless they the lied only- to get on the jury." You know, I would imagine there would have been a question: Do you know these people, or have you donated, or something like that? And yeah, I, and I, I mean, I don't know you know, and if happens. they lied, you'd think that there could be some kind of uh, follow up on. You know, then is there like a mistrial or something like that? If, right, if right, a fact right. like that were to come out. But all I can imagine, and this was something that Dan Bongino talked about, and, and you know, I trust his opinion. I, I don't know whether there's just no way in D.C. to get a jury that wouldn't be kind of similarly comprised, you know, with, I what is it, like over 80% of people, uh, if not like up to 90 Vote Democrat, I believe, in that city. Yeah, yeah, and so um, or identify as Democrat. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That maybe maybe it's impossible to get that kind of um, it, yeah. Uh, a jury of your outcome. peers there is not possible unless your peer is a Democrat. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. not that it's just it's just you just don't have the selection. So I know that the next um, the next one that he's doing is uh, the next trial is Igor Danchenko. 
And I think it's a similar uh, similar case lying to the FBI. And that one's being tried in a Virginia court. I don't know if that's going to um, make any difference or not. But he was the Russian investigator who was the original source of the Steele dossier. So we'll see how that one goes. I, I think that's in uh, Northern Virginia. I want to say it's in Fairfax. So it, it so could be pretty much slightly <laughs> less <laughs> Democrat, thing. perhaps. Just slightly yeah. less. But, slightly. No, but I would expect a similar outcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yep, was hopeful you know, of the of a good outcome in the Sussman trial, but in the end, not really surprised. I was disappointed, yeah. but not surprised. Yeah, that's it's a shame. And 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 the thing was, and I guess this is probably you know maybe what you can expect with the next one too. The foreman, the jury foreman, came out and said when a reporter asked, you know, oh, so what do you th- you know what about this verdict? Uh, she said. I don't believe this should ever have been prosecuted. There are far bigger things going on in this country right now. Oh, wow. And that's also mind-blowing. That 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 completely makes it clear that there was no no focus on the case at hand and 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 consideration of all other things it doesn't matter. You are here to decide on this one thing. You know? Yeah. I mean it, it's just completely not doing the job. And it also really says that in in her mind, and probably the majority of obviously the the majority of jurors on that case, they just before the facts were even unveiled, had no intention of prosecute of of ruling guilty in this. Uh, you're just like this is a complete ridiculous waste of time, and and that's just sad. It is. It but, really. You is. know what can you do? So I don't know. Um, I don't know what other what other crimes Durham is planning to attempt to prosecute other than just lying to the FBI. Um, maybe maybe people don't think this is a big deal yeah. to me. It, it, it should be a big deal because of the implications that it has in larger matters. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know why this is being so uh, dismissed. Uh, I'm not sure either. But like you say, maybe there'll, maybe there'll be uh, something else coming up here soon. Yeah. And I think for me, the bottom line of that one is that the outcome of it feels like we lost the battle, but I'm thinking not yet the war. Um, Like I said, it it did, at least this testimony did make clear that Hillary Clinton was well aware of this and approved it um, and and, and well aware, so well aware of, um, you know, the lie and also well aware of the fabrication um, of the the relationship um, between Trump and the Russians, for instance, and we know that it went all the way up to the top. They released cell phone records and unveiled proof that the tech company guy, Jaffe, who was really the orchestrator of of kind of changing those DNS records and creating the the, the appearance of a relationship, um, he was offered a job in the Clinton presidency for his, quote, help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. These, these are things that now they've kind of laid the groundwork. So like you said, you hope that it sticks for something else bigger later. But um, I, I will say that, um, Emerald Robert Robinson is a reporter that I usually like to read articles from, and I got an article from her not too long ago that really depressed me because she was basically saying, you're a fool if you have any faith in Durham because, you know, we've already seen that the DOJ can really do whatever the hell it wants. If it wants to prosecute you for something and it believes that you've done wrong, it'll get it done. Yeah. And they're not doing that. So therefore, you know, she's basically like, you, you can't trust any one of them. we've seen what they do and if they want to, you know, knock on your door and pull you out in your underwear in the middle of the night, they'll do that on very little evidence. So in this case, they had a bunch of evidence. Yeah. And and in this case they had a bunch and what doesn't fit the narrative. So, you know, so she was basically saying, don't even bother, you know, don't get yourself excited. 
No, that's um, a it's a, a depressing thought, but um, but also at the same time a little bit of I guess an optimistic thought. I think it's uh, Viva Fry says that one of the reasons to bring a case like this isn't always to you know to win the trial. Uh, sometimes one of the one of the good things that can happen is discovery, and that's that's what we got out of this one that we know the truth that that uh, Hillary Clinton herself greenlighted the whole thing. And uh, some of the other facts that came out about about this whole thing. So, so yeah, we might not have got a, a prosecution. We might not get prosecutions and convictions and all this. But um, mm-hmm. but at least we know more about this. We know. Yeah, and hopefully it opens some eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and helps people get a little bit, you know, develop a little more curiosity about this. Don't just, you know, uh, accept whatever CNN's telling you. Yeah. And, you know, nothing will open your eyes. Quite like more talk about the Great Reset. And oh my that goodness. one is one that yeah, that one takes some uh some curiosity and some willingness to understand. And um I think that the uh, people are beginning to understand that the inflation and energy crisis that we're experiencing is not by accident. It is not the fault of Putin. It is part of what this administration set out to do by supporting and bringing out uh, bringing about the new world order through yep. the Great Reset. Yep, uh, yep. It, it's been disgusting to me to watch Biden demonize corporations as as is the left. You know, that's what they do all the time. They want to make sure that you as a as a citizen believe that it's the evil corporation's fault. Mm-hmm. It's never their policies. And that that is their way. I always like the way Mark Levin puts it. He says, you know, they want you to reject capitalism. They want you to reject your form of government so that they can change your form of government and need them more. Yeah, they they yeah. want to create these problems and then tell you they're the only people who can fix them. And it's just so evil and insidious to me that it's, it's very clear, but um, you know, it's not, it's not the way everybody sees things, but right. And that's, um, uh, that's, that's, that's what, what we call uh, the red pill. <laughs> yeah. That's what Dan Bongino calls the, the uh, broken leg fallacy that uh, you know uh, you get your leg broken and, and the solution is, what broke your leg is the you know, that that's the type mm-hmm. of thing that uh, that is the solution. So it's yeah. they're not giving you the the solution to your problem. They're just giving you more of the problem. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's 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 definitely it, it's the policies that are causing this. But they always want you to believe that it's corporate greed that makes it happen. And you know, there's one thing like for instance, one of his latest is when he talks about that. You know, th- there are all kinds of. I can't help it that these companies aren't deciding to drill. They're, they've got plenty of drilling permits and they're not exercising them. They they can't do it because the restrictions are massive. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they, they, it's like, you know, dangling a carrot, but they can't actually get the carrot. You know mm-hmm. I mean? They, they, they wouldn't, they would be insane to try and do anything because this government would like come down and create massive problems for them. The regulation and the restrictions that you can't overcome them, and they've done that by design. So uh, that is how they've so severely restricted and decreased supply, mm-hmm. thus making the price so high. Sometimes I wonder if 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 they even teach economics anymore, because my God, if you listen to Janet Yellen talk, if she's truly the economic whiz of our time. Uh, that's not the way I was taught economics. And this no. one is at the top. You know, what are you kidding me? So that's really why our costs have gone up so high, um, you know, yeah. and, and, and he told uh, us that when he was campaigning. Exactly. So we got what was voted in by uh, 81 million people. 
Sure. Um, and, you know, you'd think that if they wanted to decrease gas and or decrease the cost of gas and increase the supply of oil, then they would be actively working for this. But they seem to just be doing nothing mm-hmm. and 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 or working against the um, uh, the oil companies. Yeah. And so just as we suspected, Russia is squeezing its adversaries of energy via their Nord Stream pipeline. You know, again, I just keep having to wonder and ask, why was Russia allowed to continue that pipeline, but we weren't allowed to keep ours, when we know that American energy is cleaner and safer than any other around the globe? So if it, if it can be done, we can do it better and cleaner, period. Yep. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we've think, done that. You know, we, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but this administration just wants to weaken our nation and hurt our people. That's, that's really all there is to do it, to it. They're lining their pockets and they're bringing about this new world order that they're all going to be very comfortable in. Yeah. So, you know, and, that, and that's really all they're about. So the other thing is the ESG, and you always have to remind me about this. It stands for what? Environmental, social, and governance. So I think at first we were kind of in our little conversations back and forth feeling a little bit encouraged by the fact that corporations lately have seemed to be kind of quiet on some uh, some new issues. And we were thinking, you know, maybe they're going to start calming themselves down and not coming right out of the gate, taking a political side every time an issue comes up, because that's that's a little tiresome and crazy. It is, um, and, and I think they, or at least I'm hoping that they learn their lesson that every time they do that, they just get obliterated by mm-hmm. by everyone whenever yeah. they take a stance on something. So, yeah. keep your mouth shut and just run what your you're business. Doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that Disney stock is down 50%. So, that's that's been wow. something. And I know that the, the and I, I also want to point out... The the latest, uh, that Buzz Lightyear movie that came out, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know that there was a, a scene with a gay kiss in it. And yep. it was, you know, a blip, not much of anything. So, of course, you know, some people say, oh, you know, what's the big deal? It was just a little bit, you know, and whatever. But I, I did hear an interviewer, um, uh, a guy that was um, had experience in the field of animation, and he was going into the costs and the effort it is to create an animated film. And he was saying, I mean, he basically like broke down the amount of money and time that that six seconds took. And he said, so therefore, when they made that investment, you do have to understand that clearly they made that investment and they made that decision for mm-hmm. a gain that they had a purpose there. And my, my question about that is we want to sit here and not we, but many people in America want to sit and be like, yeah, way to go, Disney, you know, pushing the envelope, doing your thing for the people. And But are they really, when we know that around the world, that movie did not have that scene in all countries around the world? Why? Because it's rejected many other places. So right, instead I- of doing anything to really bring about any kind of real change, they, they thrust it on us and it just makes you wonder, like, you know, don't don't tell me that you're a big advocate for this when you don't have the balls, excuse me, to, to do it, you know, uh, anywhere on the world stage. You, you, you must just be wanting to push your agenda here with, a, with, a, with an easy crowd. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's like, I don't want to hear about their altruism. Yeah, that's a really good point. I doubt that that scene is in the Saudi Arabia release of that yeah, movie. Yeah. So, uh, but th- now, again... Like we were saying at the beginning of the episode here, we've come back around um, to to make sure that we're getting all the most current events. 
And, you know, of course, the biggest current event is now the Roe v. Wade ruling, which has turned the decisions on uh, abortion and the parameters around it, those decisions back to the states and the people within them. Not abolishing abortion, not doing anything that crazy and drastic, just giving it back to the states. That, of course, immediately thrust companies back into the political side taking. Um, I'm, I'm hearing that some are offering money to employees to travel to states to receive abortions if their state has um, particularly bad restrictions. Uh, for instance, so, Amazon will pay $4,000 for that, last I heard. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, this is highly political, um, and, 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 and you wonder, like, you know, are they being forced to respond, or do they want to respond? I don't know. So, and then the final thing about um, you know, the Great Reset and the original ESG stuff that we talked about was about the credit system uh, that, you know, that were possible for the people. Back at the, when we first started talking about this, it was, um, you know, little things like the, the health scores that people had that gave them extra incentives and things like that. So, what do we have new about that? Well, there's, uh, in Italy, there's a, uh, an app called the Smart Citizen Wallet. And it's basically an ESG scoring system, um, and you can uh, you can uh, earn points for riding public transportation or recycling or making you know certain choices that uh, that basically they want you to make um, <laughs> to try to you know improve basically improve your ESG score. And mm -hmm. uh, Maryland actually has just come out with a new kind of a kind of a thing. I really haven't looked into it yet because it's it's brand new, and I just heard it on the advertised on the radio here recently. It's called Incentrip. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a kind of a similar thing for um, uh, for transportation. You know, you instead of driving somewhere, you plan your route on public transportation and, mm -hmm. you know, carpooling and all like that. And you get points and, and uh, whatnot. But it's it's clearly an ESG sort of a thing. So, I would imagine yeah. that that's, uh, that's coming more and more. Um, and yeah, also and about the, um, uh, we talked about the oil companies. And from what I understand, then uh, they're also getting pushed on the ESG thing because some of the oil companies have um, a, a company you might have heard of called BlackRock. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're, oh, yes, that little company. <laughs> yeah, that little company. Uh, they're um, obviously highly into the ESG thing. Uh, they're, they're, major shareholders in a lot of these uh, these big companies. So they're pushing the ESG thing. Oil companies are very bad on the E, or the environmental. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're trying to push them away from that, which causes them to not explore for oil and not drill as much. So there's a lot of, there's uh, even more things that are contributing to the, to the high gas prices as well. Not only yeah. from the government trying to restrict uh, drilling for oil, but internal pressures from the... Uh, activists in the oil company to uh, ironically try to get them to not drill for oil as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, not making investments and, and, and telling them that, you know, if you don't do things this way, then, you know, you won't have hope for more investment in the future and all exactly. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the basic gist of what the ESG is. So, well, let's see. On down the line, the remember Hunter's laptop. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a uh, that's a that's Quite a terrible a can thing. Of worms. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, and you'd have, of course. I mean, oh, that's ridiculous. That's not even true. We're not even going to discuss it. We're not going to spend any time on it. You know that that was the way the corporate media acted at first, and now mm -hmm. it's become so glaringly obvious that even them, they have had to come out and say, yeah, it 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 actually is real. You know, I'd love some accountability 
to come out of the fact that they suppressed that information and and wonder how that would have impacted uh, the faux 81 million people that they claim voted for Biden. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, I've at least had some personal conversations with people who have the the uh, the wisdom and humility and courage to admit when they're wrong. They're like, you know, yeah, I voted for him for a few different reasons, and I, I really couldn't be more disappointed, and I feel you know, lied to and betrayed. And I mean, and I feel for people and we're yeah. all feeling it now. But um, so anyway, so they're, they're starting to, they're not reporting on it a whole heck of a lot, but they have at least in passing had a few, yeah, that actually ended up, that that's a real thing. Hmm. Um, we do know now that they shared a bank account, pretty big deal. Hunt oh, interesting. By day, I mean, Hunter and his father. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty yeah, big. Yeah. And um, also, recently, there were uh, parts of a 77-minute conversation that Hunter recorded. The man loved to record. I mean, what, what, is, the, what, what is the word here? Is, um, like, is it like narcissism or like, you know, what is it when you're just like totally conceited and into yourself? I mean, he's yeah, like a, yeah. a movie star filming his life. It's like his own reality series that he <laughs> like produced, directed, starred in. So, um... He, 77 minute conversation all about him bragging about how he is able to influence his father's um, uh, political platform um, and and things that that Joe goes for on the political stage. And we already know that because, you know, like I talked about from um, Miranda Devine's book when she kind of talked about the overall Biden regime and the family machine, you know, mm -hmm. um, back when he pushed for that bill that uh, the big bank wanted to make it so that, you know, you, you had a harder time filing for bankruptcy as a regular person. And that that largely led to the mortgage crisis back during his vice president times or no, times as a senator. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was arguing for that bill that that big bank wanted. That big bank had just given Hunter the job. So, I mean, th th these things are not even hard to draw the, the web to see how yeah. they fit together. But uh, so we already knew that that Hunter was able to influence him on various things, but he did claim in this conversation, quote, you know, anything important to me, my father will find a way to work it into his platform. So, I mean, yeah, that yeah. sounds like some uh, some influence there. And we all know what, uh, well, like you say, Burisma, we all know what mm -hmm. Hunter was up to with all his foreign contacts and foreign mm -hmm. businesses and things. So, yeah. And I then, guess, you know, uh, let's not forget when when Biden was able to um, tell Ukraine, you're not going to get any any of the relief money that we've promised you unless you fire this prosecutor who's after my son's company. Again, like mm -hmm, this is happening mm -hmm. right in front of us. He brags about it. And, and and we're not seeing that this guy is compromising us on the world stage. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. So, uh, oh, and also a, a nice video of Hunter has been released where he's waving around a loaded gun naked in a hotel room. So, uh, but, you know, of course, Bill, I don't think that he would be considered somebody that would need to have a red flag applied to him, uh, despite no. the fact that he lied on the application to get the gun, had registration issues with it, and uh, tossed it in a dumpster. I mean, that so talk about an irresponsible gun owner here, but no red flag there. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound totally like fine. any kind of red flag needs to be applied to that one. That that, yeah. that sounds perfectly reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, two that's, standards that's of just justice. Crazy. That's a yeah. that's a an incredible video. I I um, obviously haven't watched that and don't intend to. And and yeah. uh, <laughs> don't intend to. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've but, heard about know. it though, and it, yeah, it, it it's not necessarily surprising considering all the stuff that's come out of his laptop. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. So.
And uh, the bottom line there is that the family is corrupt, period. And, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more information about this. I know that um, Hunter's former wife, Melissa, has a book coming out. So we'll see how uh, what she's got to say about it. So, um, and speaking of the two standards of justice and things like that, uh, we talked a little bit about January 6th in an episode. So I think uh, the main point to follow up on with that is that the administration is continuing to demonize conservatives and Trump supporters uh, with this theater show of uh, one side of the story. There's no cross-examination, no ability for those named to defend themselves. It's not a trial. So I don't know what it is. It's, it's. I don't even see that it's a hearing, but that's what they're calling it. Yeah, it's it's um, a it's a political theater. They hired a, um, I think it was an ABC producer of the um, of their morning show. I can't remember which one's on ABC, but um, uh, it's the one of the one of the morning talk shows. They hired a former producer of of him, and maybe even the president of ABC at some point to produce this. So produce. it's all scripted. It's all planned to the minute. It's all it's all for show. And yeah. uh, the the video that they had in there, you know, all edited videos, and I thought that was pretty well edited for a, to uh, to produce a certain narrative. And so yeah. it's it's all uh, you know uh, Emmy level um, uh, production right here. It's it's not for uh, not for any kind of um, uh, legal. Yeah, it's not really, and it's and it isn't a dissemination of facts. It is no. a pushing of a narrative. I mean, and I mean the very fact that. They've got a, Sean Penn showed up to sit and watch a hearing recently. What is that? What do you, you know, you got an actor coming in for this thing right. just to sit and, you know, like what, get acting tips? Because <laughs> the whole thing is, is I mean, and it's funny because I, I wonder what has taken them so long to do this? I guess it's basically two things. One, needing all that time to edit those 14,000 hours of video yeah. to specifically show what they wanted to show. And two, I guess to give a whole lot of acting coaching seminars to the people who uh, t- who are there on the stand. You know, what, what's really driving me nuts also is the way they keep on saying People died. People died. We, we have to, mm-hmm. this is for the people who died. And th- they're continuing to say that, uh, that, that people, more people uh, died on that day, deaths resulted from it, and all of these things, which already we know are not true and have been debunked in, in, you know, in, in factual settings and by real journalists and, and, uh, yeah, but yet they keep saying it, and but there's nothing about the actual death that did occur on that day at the hands of a an officer. Yep, yep. Ashley Babbitt, who's shot in the chest. I mean, they're not going to talk about that. And if they do, I'm sure they're going to completely demonize that poor woman. So it's probably best that they don't bring it up if they're going to do that to her. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's no questioning about why Pelosi and Bowser didn't accept the offer and the recommendation of the National Guard. So she's all, t- Pelosi is off scot-free about her part in this. There's no questioning uh, of Bowser ab- about why the Metropolitan Police wasn't fully staffed that day. And, and we only know that because they admit that um, they had to call in officers throughout the day, you know, the day's events. And... Uh, they had every reason to believe that the crowd was going to be as large as it was. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you can see all this extra precaution that they put into various things like, um, you know, even even lately with the Roe versus Wade thing, they, they, they were already prepared in case anything were to happen. So they, they had that information given to them, but they chose not 
to protect the capital, uh, protect the public. That's what they did. So, right, and um, this is the uh, this is the nation's capital. You've they've seen mm-hmm. protests in large crowds before. You'd think they would know how yeah. to handle this. Yeah, and and you know, on those fourteen thousand hours of tape, they they don't show any that that indicate. What about the police that were removing the barricades? Yep. What about the way they they went and took down all of the signs that said "Don't go any further"? You know, the, the no trespassing or you know no passing beyond here or whatever. Th- those signs were removed. So uh, who did that? At what direction? Why? You know. Yeah. And so um, and and then there was also there's no questioning about the the people who were known to the FBI that were encouraging the breach, such as Ray Epps, caught on camera, but not yeah. in the, the the parts of the video that they're showing. And then there you got. To- even during the uh, during the hearings, I noticed, uh, you know, right toward the top of the hearing, the, you know, the big primetime hearing, uh, Liz Cheney only read part of a Trump tweet from that day. And she left off the last line where he said to, quote, go home in love and peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, she only read the what you could consider in... Or, march to the Capitol. Yeah, or, march yeah. to the Capitol. You could you could consider that taken out of context as uh, salacious and and uh, potentially violent. And then she leaves off the one where he's the part where he says to go home in love and peace. Yeah, it's totally and, and egregious. It's, and yeah, yeah it's, go it's, ahead. it's more uh, more editing of the of the video. Yeah, like you yeah. say, there's um, there's uh, fourteen thousand hours of video we still haven't seen, and. Um, the the uh, female officer who testified that night at the um, you know during the primetime event uh, she was she testified that she uh, was uh, fighting with um, or struggling I guess with the with some of the protesters there and and uh, she got knocked down and hit her head but what you didn't see on that video was that uh, two or three of the protesters. As soon as she fell down, they jumped over the barricade and helped her up and, and tried to get her medical assistance and everything. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's something you don't see. It, you don't yeah. often see that from insurrectionists to yeah. co- and, immediately and, and, come to the aid of, of someone who you're struggling with. Yeah, and because the thing is that there were people in that crowd that were there, and I mean the vast majority of people in that crowd that were there for the right reasons, and then there were people who were ginning up the 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 violence and the issues and right. the you know the 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 bombardment of the building and all that that and and like i said we know that because of ray epps yep, yep you yep. know we know that because of the people that were placed in that crowd um th- there was antifa in that crowd mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and those are things that again all of this will come out because these things that are this big they can't stay hidden forever. This is, it's just the, the truth will come out. So, right. and again, I just, I just try to be patient and hope that, um, you know, we don't end up so divided as a nation that we're not even able to look at each other the same way, you know, because people just refuse to see this or, you know, will not change their minds. And it, it, it's not, it's not anyone's fault to be um, bamboozled, but when you have been, you need to, to recognize it and, and, yeah. Dust yourself off and and pick up some real facts and move on and that that's exactly. really what it is. I, but anyway, what what really kills me about the whole thing is that um, Schumer, what is that? Maxine Waters, mm-hmm. even Pelosi, uh, Jen Psaki, even a, a bit from the podium. All of these folks they they do things to spark outrage and 
a couple of them have even made comments that are uh, inciting, in my opinion, like when Maxine Waters says, you get in their face, you you push back on them, you yep. do this, you do that. When Schumer says things like, you know, they're not going to know what hit them. When Pelosi said, or, uh, and, and then and she, Maxine also said, to hell with the Supreme Court, we're going to do, and, and all these things that just very, very volatile, you know, and they're saying these things and, and somehow they're celebrated. Yeah. You know, and, and that is incitement and, and they're not called on it, but they keep on putting this back on Trump. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's not going to work, you know, but, it, but it's just, I wish that the people could see the hypocrisy in this, um, you know, and, you know, not only the hypocrisy in it, but also the unconstitutional treatment of our American citizens in this situation. So many people have been sitting and rotting away in jail. They're, they're not allowed due process. They're not allowed to prepare for their defense. They're not having their right to a speedy trial. Th- this is wrong. They're, called, they're, they're creating political prisoners of our own people, and that's wrong. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think there's Fifth, Sixth, and Eighth Amendment violations here, at least. So I'm wondering yeah. if maybe at some point then that can be a, you know, a civil suit or something could be brought. But uh, mm-hmm. one, one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it'll all come out. So yeah. let's see. And then I think the last thing we talked about right before um, sometime in May, we started talking about the border because we were concerned about Title 42, which was set to expire um, sometime in the end of May, we it ended up that that expiration was delayed by the Louisiana Western District Court Judge Robert Summerhays. He said that the administration didn't explain the reason for termination. Um, they can invoke an action under emergency authority, but they can't rescind it without explanation. So um, they just didn't have a good enough explanation. So luckily, that expiration was delayed. I mean, the border is so damn out of control. I don't even know how much it's helping at this point, but every little bit does. I, I can only assume uh, from January to May this year, our our research into it told us that a million encounters had happened. That is uh, more than the individual populations of Delaware, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, and the District of Columbia, Vermont, and Wyoming. A million encounters. That's incredible. So, yeah, especially considering months. that, yeah, and, and for every encounter, there is a gotaway. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to, to get to really drill down into the number of gotaways. But um, the last speculation I saw was that it was 800,000, which is larger than the population of Seattle. So, yeah, I mean, it really incredible. gives you a kind of a, a better understanding of the volume, the influx of people into the country right now. And the, the sad thing about it is, uh, and, you know, not the scary thing about it is we don't know who these people are, you know, and we've, we there are cases that you have that that have been reported of, um, you know, violent crimes uh, you've got murders, rapes, all kinds of things that that that, these, that that people are committing. So it's not as if everybody that's coming across the border is a nice lady with a baby and a family behind her. And it, it isn't that, you know, this is yeah. this is the opportunity that they've been looking for to rush us in this way. I think that uh, the number of actual apprehended people even so, you know, that that tells you that there's a, a, a apprehension means a problem has been found with this encounter and yeah. therefore the person is apprehended in may it was 239,000 wow. and that is according to cbp data and so that's a new monthly record high 
And again, it's like every every month that goes by, the record is broken. That's incredible. Almost a quarter million people in a month. That used to in be like month. six months worth of data. Now yeah. it's now it's four weeks. Of possible, and those people could possibly be criminals. I mean, there's something wrong that they were apprehended. So yeah, yeah. that's a hell of a lot of people that could do a lot of damage. And and so it makes you think that of all the people that, that didn't get encountered, where are they? You know, and what, right. what might happen there. But And then the other thing, of course, is the fentanyl. Yeah, which is just so sad. And yeah. uh, I heard that um, as of June 1st, the Border Patrol had already seized 6,000 pounds of fentanyl. Wow. Which is, um, it, it, it's just mind-blowing, uh, that amount of fentanyl, because that's, uh, that's enough to kill every single person in the United States at least twice. Wow. And that's just in six months. So if you extrapolate that, you know, if they stay on this track and it goes over 12 months and, you know, they're now you're talking, uh, you know, 10, 12,000 pounds of fentanyl. So that's enough to kill every single person in the country multiple, multiple times. Yeah. And I almost wonder, like, uh, of all the Chinese exports, how high is this one on the list? Like, are are we reaching, like, number one export of China yet? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. It's got to be. It's got to be somewhere in there. At yeah, least by destruction, then, from. yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be number one. Yeah, um, but, you know, no investigation of these kinds of origins of anything that's poisoning and hurting our citizens because, you know, the Bidens stand to gain too much from China. Right, right. And, of course, they're helping bring about that new world regime. But, you know, anyway, it, it, one sick thing that I've um, recently learned is that Portland's um, response to the crisis of fentanyl and and other illicit drugs is to simply uh, decriminalize and and legalize them in many cases and their overdose deaths are up 41 percent wow so you know it's not a that's not a good idea that's not a plan no that's Um, that's one way to handle it but it's a bad way to handle it yeah it sounds like the same kind of thing the same kind of justification they used for uh for defunding the police and Mm -hmm. we all know how that ended up everywhere they tried that yeah yeah. Well, you know, it's been good to touch on all of these things again. Um, you know, as as discouraging as some of these topics can be, you know, I'm, I'm always encouraged as an American, um, you know, that we're going to have an opportunity to to right this ship. And uh, all these issues are going to be on the minds of far more than half the voting population. I, I truly believe that more than half of us do see what's going on here and are going to vote rightfully. I, you know, I hope that we're winning over some people from the other side who are starting to see that maybe their party is completely out of control mm-hmm. and just they don't stand for the values that they once claimed to. And I do hope people are seeing that. Um, and I hope that this latest thing about January 6th and now Roe versus Wade is not going to keep the people with the the wool over their eyes and voting on that party line for, for those two, two issues. Um, they have nothing else to run on, yeah, you know, and, and that's what we're seeing. So until next time, and we always say, you know, the government is best when it's kept small. And this this one is overrun and quite full of itself. So let's see what we can do to keep on pressing forward and uncovering some of this and get back together and take it in November. <laughs>